Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining us today. I've got John, Maddie and Robin and we are going to talk to you about, uh, uh, you know, it's the fall season. So it's the time that a lot of people are thinking stocks, soups, stews, chilies even. And uh, really this, uh, the foundation is, is your stock, your broth. And so we wanted to really talk about that and then segue a little into um, spinning that out into some soups and stews. It is uh, one of the things that you can easily get at the, the store, but it's also one of those things that you can easily make at home. And so we hope to um, dispel any fears you might have about making your own uh, broth or stock. Yeah, it's something you learn. One of the, the foundations in culinary school, you've got to learn how to make all different stocks and, and broths. And around the holidays, a lot of people make turkey stock, um, but that's not the only kind out there. But anyway, welcome you all. Hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a podcast without you guys. <laughs> Nobody wants to just hear me spewing. Um, yeah, let's, and you know what the other thing I love about, I'm going to say about um, making like your own homemade stock or broth is the ability to kind of use up some of the discards that you might have as you're cooking. Um, and I used to work with Lydia Bastianich and she was a big proponent of this. And, and I've taken to do it myself where I would, I'm cooking something and I'm trimming up some vegetables um, or something maybe doesn't look pristine. I take that, um, trimmed mushroom end, or I take some um, stems of some herbs that I haven't used or anything like that. And I throw them in the freezer in some kind of container. And then I pull it out when it's time to make stock or broth um, just to flavor it. So really the difference between a stock and a broth, a broth is made with um, the meat, meat this, yeah, the meat of protein and a bra, uh, sorry, stock is made with meat and bones. It's the bones. Right. And these days it's become quite popular. Everybody talking about bone broth and that's made obviously with some bones. There's collagen and things like that, that are beneficial. And that's what the big brouhaha or the big thing I think with bone broth is. So yeah, so when you're making, you know, you usually you're starting with some water, you're starting with aromatics, um, you're starting with some onions, some celery, some um, carrots, carrots uh, mm -hmm. maybe garlic, <clears throat> and um, typically uh, you don't season your stock or broth, just um, maybe at the end a little bit, just because you don't want it to really be too salty. I usually put some peppercorns in and, and then just some herb pieces. And I wouldn't put in like rinds of uh, parm or anything, but when I'm making a soup, then I would keep those kind of things to add to flavor the soup. But anybody want to talk about um, making stocks or, um, or broths? Sure. So stock, like you did mention, um, we actually have a really good article on um, breaking down stocks on our website, which is, you know, a good starting point for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, stock it, options. Yeah. And it breaks down kind of like, you know, well, stock is made with bones, like Pam has mentioned. Um, they just add more body and richness compared to a broth. So if you're looking, you know, the gelatin just enables a finished stock to enrich your sauces, soups, and stews, and really does bring a nice mouthfeel and um, overall quality where, you know, you're not going to get that in a broth because it's lacking the gelatin and collagen that you're getting from the bones. 
Right. And you can, you know, brown those bones and just get an even more depth of flavor in it. And you don't have to, but if you take that, that extra step and brown the bones before you add everything else to it, you know, I, you're going to just get even more flavor in that intensity, right. In that stock. Um, And it's the foundation to to, uh, everything, soups and sauces, both. I mean, when you're building levels of flavor, that's the that's the basement as it were or something like that <laughs> it's the good foundation that everything else sits on so absolutely, absolutely. Yep. well and like we said you can buy but it's so simple you get some water you get a pot you put it in there and then you add your aromatics and you add your whatever protein and you could be making um uh chicken turkey um beef food seafood, um, mushroom, vegetables. So, and we just did an article, um, as Maddie said, we have an article online, but we also just did an article in our holiday issue that will be coming out. It should be in homes in the beginning of November. And there is an article on um, broths, stocks, and um, kind of the differences between soup, stews, and chilies. And there is an uh, a recipe for homemade chicken broth in there or chicken stock, and then also um, a veggie option. So it's so simple to make. And you, you know, it's one of those things you're home on a weekend or something, or even of an evening, and you just put everything in the pot, you let it um, simmer away. And um, in no time at all, you've got a flavorful um, broth or stock. And as John was saying, it's the foundation for everything else cool it, bring it to, you know, let it cool down, strain it out and portion it into containers and freeze it. And so you've got stock or a soup or whatever you want just sitting in your freezer, really, because then you just take that and you look at your recipe that you want to work with, you know, cook up some aromatics, add in some seasonings and add in your broth and add in whatever components of kind of soup you're making. And uh, dinner is that much better because you've made something all completely fresh. And another thing too, is, you know, exactly what's going into it. So a lot of times, I mean, I remember we were working on a soup book and we tried a variety of different vegetable stocks, you know, just, you know, basic things that range the gambit, you know, and by adding what you like for ingredients, you know, you're going to like that flavor versus, I'm not big on mushrooms. So one of them could be strong in the mushrooms. And it's just nice to be able to, you know, know what you're going to be getting out of it. And, you know, especially sodium too, you're not adding it and you're watching it, which if you look closely, you definitely, if you are buying to go for the low sodium options, because they get up there. Well, and that's something too, is that you, uh, I mean, generally we always use, uh, Swanson's, the Campbell product, because we've actually done two huge taste tests on on stocks and broths, mostly broths. Um, and you find that there's a huge variety in flavor. Uh, it's, yes. So you do have to find one that you like, and particularly vulnerable to that, I think, is the vegetable broth. Some are heavy on carrots, some are heavy on onions, some are really sweet or orange, and others are clear, you know? So, right. I think the ones that have heavy um, carrots. carrots and or onion tend to be a lot sweeter and oranger. And it really depends on your flavor palette 
and um, what you're making and that and that. But again, it's um, if you make your own, you know exactly what's in it. You control all the ingredients and it's an opportunity to sort of use some of the leftover things that you have. You don't even have to. So you just want to add a few. You've got a, a handful of a few mushrooms. So you so just throw those in. You you don't have to. It doesn't have to be a mushroom broth. But if you're making a veggie broth or any other kind of broth, just to add a little extra element of flavor, you can you can add those in and you're not wasting. You're not just throwing it out. I mean, unless you're composting or something, then the yeah. same things that go into your compost can go into your stock. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not coffee grounds, but yeah, well, pass on that. Definitely. So, yeah, I my mom taught me how to make stock from a young age. Um, and really, it was turkey stock. That's really turkey and chicken stock were the ones that we made at home. And it really started from Thanksgiving. And so I only ever made homemade stock for Thanksgiving. And then I've gone to other people's homes for Thanksgiving. And I was kind of surprised, perplexed when I saw the the can or the package of, of broth or stock coming out. And I thought, oh, but the smell of, of turkey stock on the stove just brings me to, it's so nostalgic and the memories flood when, I, when I'm making that because it just, that's the start of Thanksgiving for me. And my mother always, she did Thanksgiving for years. She would, she would make like a 25 pound bird or something. She would have a, a table full of people and she always took the day before Thanksgiving off and then had to go into the office to work for a doctor. She had to go in the day after Thanksgiving at like 7 a.m. I don't know how she did it, but um, two days before she um, before she uh, Thanksgiving or two or three days, she would actually start the stock. That's when she would make that. And then she would progressively make more things. So and it wasn't until culinary school that I ever made a, a veal, a beef broth or uh, stock or fish fumet. Uh, as Robin was saying earlier, typically a kind of a white broth or stock is more of like the the um, chicken, and usually they're the bones are not roasted; they're sort of soft, and you don't typically. But veal bones, beef bones, are things that you typically would roast first and then make your stock afterwards. But that's the first time and and pretty much only time I've ever made <laughs> beef broth. What about you guys? Well, I was going to say in that vein, you talking about beef bones, you know, if you're going to go and make veal stock, you might have to go to a meat wholesaler or something like that. But generally what I found is in making beef broth, beef stock, is that you buy the dog bones at the grocery store that are frozen, you know, and they're usually the big knuckles and they've Mm -hmm. been cut and sawed open so that the marrow is available and it's a lot easier and they're smaller. You can roast them. Mm-hmm. It makes more, uh, I guess, industrial, non-commercial uh, amount of stock. So mm-hmm. that's a good place to start. And it's a surprising thing. I mean, they have, often they have, you know, they just sell the bones for dogs. So not for stock. <laughs> but they work. <laughs> so yeah. <it's> <laughs> and the other thing we've done before is to um, make ahead that turkey stock, for instance. And you want to have the gravy ready before you're bringing the bird out so um we've got recipes i'm trying to find it right now but uh where you make the stock you know say a week ahead with using turkey legs and wings and roast those up and then you can make the stock from that and you'll have it ready for the the main event a week later so 
I think that's good. But trying to find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. My mom always did, and I do this. I would take the the neck and um, actually all the the giblets and the all that kind of stuff, and I would cook that with the stock and then pull it out later. And we always added that to our um, mm -hmm. our gravy. Back in. But yeah. um, when I've made it at the uh, at work too, I would add, I think I got some like turkey wings or that kind of thing um, and just to supplement and add it. So you would have that kind of stuff and then you can make do, um, I did that cut up turkey on top of um, oh, stuffing, yeah. which was really, really good. It was great. The only thing you don't end up with are the drippings to make a pan gravy. So I did have exactly. to make a yeah. different gravy, but I did use homemade broth stock. So it evened out in the end. <laughs> Well, totally, because a lot of times on Thanksgiving, you're cooking up the turkey as, you know, you, you don't right. really have the carcass. So, right. you know, it is a good tip to, you know, use turkey wings yes. or, you know, but like if you're doing chicken stock, um, the chicken wings or bone and thighs are a great option to add, you know, that mm -hmm. will add body and flavor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. But to also hold on to your leftover raw or cooked chicken bones or carcasses and freeze them to use later right. on. So Yeah. If you have a rotisserie chicken, save that carcass and throw that into the pot. I mean, it, really, stock is as simple or actually even simpler than making soup. It's just literally right. throwing a bunch of stuff in a pot and letting it simmer away. Mm -hmm. I always get peeled uh, shrimp that I have to peel. Oh, so I uh -huh. can save the shrimp shells for seafood stock or for a lobster stock. That a shellfish right. stock, I should say. Sure. Mm -hmm. We, I think, had a tip in our archive about um, making, like an easy trick for making homemade broth. So when you're making it, they say to put a strainer that fits inside your stock pot. So then you pour the water over top the ingredients, you know, gauge to how much water you oh. need. And then when you're done cooking, you just remove the Lift strainer and all your stuff is in there. So it's a little cleaner and easier and yeah. oh, that's nice. Free. Mm -hmm makes life easier and who doesn't want that so you know i hope we've given you some encouragement to try to make your own uh, broth or stock and i think the easiest to start out with is probably a chicken or at thanksgiving a turkey stock or a vegetable those are probably the the easiest entry and as john said I've done shrimp stocks and lobster stocks as well. The shells really just impart so much flavor. That's another very easy one. And I, this, the beef is not difficult at all. You just want to go through the step of really browning, um, really roasting. Put the, the bones in, with, toss them with some oil, put them in the oven at a high heat, roast them, and they'll, they'll darken and they'll kind of cook, but they intensify in flavor. And then you're going to add them, and I don't know, maybe... I'm, I'm going to say like an hour. A minimum, probably, yeah. You know, stopping to turn them occasionally. And, and then add them to a stock pot. But that, that stock, anytime you're going to roast um, some bones, the stock gets a little darker um, yeah. just from the, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I would flavor. say, right, exactly. <laughs> so I would, I would encourage you to, to take a look at the holiday issue when it comes out and look at the chicken stock or broth. I can't remember if it's a stock or a broth. Um, <laughs> broth, I think. Really kind of go from there and then you can turn it into a soup, a stew, or a chili. And so the kind of big difference with a soup and a stew or probably the easiest is the soup is very soupy. It's loose. It's um, much more liquidy typically. I mean, it could be creamy. It could be a little on the thick side, but it's much more ratio of 
liquidy, malleable ingredients to solids. And then Mm -hmm. I would say the reverse with a stew. It's you've got much more chunky, heavier kind of uh, meaty vegetable components. And um, there's a gravy-ish kind of sauce going with it. It's usually a little thicker and it's not as much volume in terms of your liquid component. Well, and you've also got your soups are simmered and your stews are more braised. Braised. So so you've got that as your other little maybe difference between the two. But mostly you're right. It's the liquid amount. And well, and braising is inherently a reduced amount of liquid. Um, Absolutely. So there you um, go. And um, and then chili is a whole other thing, but you a lot of times use stock and broth, and and these are not the only things that you use them in, but these are kind of the workhorses that you would employ. I mean, definitely making sauces too. You're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna use broth or stock, but uh, chili that runs a whole other gamut. So we kind of maybe won't talk about that too much. A lot of times you will pull out the stock or broth for that. I mean, I love to make soups, especially in the fall. I like to make anything that I can make a big quantity and um, and then have leftovers <laughs> because anymore, I do not want to cook every night at all. Totally. And the more I can have things in my freezer ready to go, the better for me. And it seems like our readers are the same way. I mean, if you've got the time and you have the passion to cook every night, God bless. But (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like when we've had a long day in the office, like, you know, like every, you know, a lot of people work, of course, but it's like when you've been in the office all day and you've been cooking and doing photo shoots, the last thing you want to do is to make one more food item. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So to pull it out and reheat is always a win. (laughs) Anybody have a favorite soup or stew they'd like to share? Oh, put us on the spot right there. Hmm. I know. Chili's always a favorite in our house. Chili. Chili. Oh, okay. Well, we're super stew. (laughs) Okay. It's it's a stoop, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's actually, I think chili is more of a stew stew soup. It's, I agree. It, falls, it, oh, it, it lends more to a stew. But um, I was going to say, yeah. though, going back um, specifically to chili, but maybe to something else like uh, mulligatani or something uh, uh, of a Caribbean nature, you can actually start aiming. If you know specifically you're going to be making uh, a southwestern flavored thing, you can start, you can aim your broth that way. Thank you, John. Uh, say you're making some gumbo or something, you can make your broth with the Trinity right. instead of the onion and, and carrot. You get the celery and sure. uh, peppers instead of in there too, so. Sure. Yeah, you get sofrito. So. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I think my favorite soup is probably cheesy potato. I like that. Or chicken noodle. A good chicken noodle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the classic. I mean... And, uh, you know, because you can just stew up the chicken yeah, and then you pull it out, you've got your stock, you pull the meat off the bones and let it rip for a little bit longer with the bones. And uh, you end up with a really nice, powerful stock. And it's simple, you know. Yeah, it's simple and and it's always so comforting. I I have too many favorites, but I think one of mine is um, French onion soup. Yes, uh, my mom yeah. used to make that, and so I have 
great memories of that. And kind of my second mom, she used to make something called cabbage soup that was tomato based with beef in it and cabbage, lots of cabbage. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. I do a, I used to do like a chicken barley that I love. I, I kind of call it an anything pot and I will throw in tons of kale and beans and uh, chicken and barley and whatnot, a lot of vegetables. There was one other, I can't remember what it was now. I don't know. That's enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Maddie, I know, I know you said you love chili and um, what, I'm curious, what kind of chili? Are you a, a red chili, a green chili, a, and do you do beans or no beans or? Um, definitely a more red chili. It's uh -huh. also kind of like, um, it's more, you know, like we, we do the meat, we do, you know, just ground beef, um, chili beans, different beans, um, have to have a little jalapeno in there to give a little heat, um, chili powder, you know, just kind of whatever you have on hand. Sometimes I throw hominy in there just for a fun little kick. Thickener. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I just like how versatile it is and how easy, you know, just throw everything in and let it simmer and watch some football. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, John? Because I know you said you said chili, too. Yeah, I, I um, used to we used to have uh, huge parties that uh, was my birthday, my father in law's birthday somebody's anniversary in there somewhere. And uh, then, of course, it was always uh, filled. Well, Super Bowl. Super Bowl used to be a little bit more uh, closer to January than February. Um, we would have a big Super Bowl combo party thing, and I'd always make up a vat of chili for that. And I've always preferred a, more of a steak chili, uh, mm -hmm. but definitely red. And uh, sure. Beans, if I have to stretch it, otherwise there's be no beans in, in general. So if I make it, and I, I kicked myself because uh, about a year and a half ago, I did a refrigerator clean out uh, chili. And it was a, one of the best chilies I've ever made in my life. <laughs> if I'd written it down, I'd be able to repeat it, but it was uh -huh. just a complete accident. And I couldn't believe it. I kept eating it going, why didn't I write this down? Why didn't I write this down? <laughs> Oh, I did that once with a uh, butternut squash like bisque with some curry and some, it was, there was a massive storm. I was living um, on the East coast. I just, whatever was there. And I think I was able to, before I got stuck, I was able to run to the grocery store without my glasses. So I was, I was, cause I had to run out. I had to move cars before they got flooded and so I was in the car and I drove to the grocery store, a little Mr. Magoo style, and <laughs> got there, kind of fumbled around the, the aisles and grabbed some stuff and then um, went and made a um, butternut squash kind of bisque um, curry and jalapeno and whatnot. And I'm so sorry I never wrote. I've tried to replicate it. Um, but I forgot the first soup I might have ever made. I totally remember this was a smoky pumpkin soup, and I do love pumpkin soup, a smoky pumpkin soup from um, Silver Palette Cookbook. It was the first cookbook I ever received. I asked for it as a gift, and I would make dinner for my family from this cookbook. And um, yeah, it was such an, <laughs> the first time I made it, I actually cut up raw pumpkin, and that is really hard. 
That's <laughs> yes. really hard God, to yeah. do. <laughs> and I don't think I microwaved it. I don't, I was, it was dangerous. And then the next, the next time yes. I made it with canned and it was just as good. And that was <laughs> here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, uh, I couldn't even begin to tell you what my first soup was other than the fact that I, I started working as a line cook in a restaurant. And the first thing we had to do was make the soup du jour and that fell on me uh, most days. And so I had a huge uh, encyclopedic knowledge of soups suddenly within a year. I, I had made so many du jours that, uh-huh. uh, you know, it was all there, mulligatani, conch, uh, chowder, uh, chicken noodle, beef and barley. It was all there. It was like a basic education in soups, but it was one of the first things I really uh, cut my teeth on as it sure. were in professional chefdom. So. Uh, there used to be a place in New York, um, and it was it very much like um, Seinfeld's the soup the soup guy the soup Nazi. Um, it was this place called the Daily Soup, and they always had I don't even know how many soups they had, but I would go in there and you could get a, a thing of soup, an apple, and a cookie for like ten bucks or something like that, and it was just around the corner from my office. And I would Mulligatawny was one of my favorites. Um, but they had soups from across the globe. And so I was able to sample lots of different flavor profiles and styles. And um, it really gave me a real love of soups, more so than I had had before. And I've always loved soups. And mm-hmm. one soup I think I did, I think it was a street corn soup recently. Oh, that was so good. Ago. That one was good. It had like uh-huh. spice and, you know, different. I never, you know, not something I would have thought about. And sure. that turned out pretty good, surprisingly. It was, it was it was very popular. I think we got a lot of uh, feedback on that. Yeah. It was yummy. Um, what about for stews? I'm trying to, I probably, again, I'll go back to like my, early love on on this one and I and there are a lot of stews that I do like but Boeuf Bourguignon was the I think the first thing that I ever made it was for French class and I made Boeuf Bourguignon and um yeah so that's basically just beef and red wine (laughs) burgundy wine but that's what it is and (laughs) if you've ever watched Julia Julie and Julia or whatever it is about Julia Child and Julie Powell the, the movie, there's a whole scene in there about Judith Jones, the editor, when she was looking and kind of um, considering publishing uh, Julia Child's first cookbook. She makes her boeuf bourguignon in her kitchen and they talk about how you have to dry the meat and, and all of this. And that was, I think, a big thing for of Julia Child's was her boeuf bourguignon. And um, yeah. so... Anybody have a, a stew or anything they'd like to add in terms of uh, stocks and and broths? And I just like a basic beef stew with, I like it when you put carrots and, and pearl onions in there. And sure. you know, I, I don't do the pearl onions, but uh, <laughs> I'd rather have chopped up onions in there than pearl onions. They kind of sure. aren't my are my best thing. But anyway, um, yeah, just, you know, your basic beef stew. Nothing fancy about it. I always feel fancy when I do boof bourguignon because it's, <laughs> it's so just good. It's just I name. know. It's like living high. <laughs> well, it's oh, beef gosh. stew, Robin. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I know. French comfort food right there. Exactly. Um, so, yes, beef stew in all of its forms. I do enjoy. 
Oh, and another French one, Coco Van, which is again just chicken and wine sauce. Right, like, right. Yeah. It's good too. Absolutely. Yeah, my brain couldn't get there. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> I got What's you that back, one? John. What's that one? <laughs> you know that other one. <laughs> yeah, it's not beef. <laughs> um, so the one thing I think we had talked about earlier too is. Um, after you've simmered your stock and you've got it sort of the flavors infused and all of that, just sort of um, make sure you cool it to room temperature. You want to just be food safe. So you don't want to ever um, put hot immediately into the refrigerator. You want it to cool it down and um, uh yeah, a good way it, to do that is to do like an ice water bath, you know, pour your broth or stock into a, you know, large measuring cup, put it into a bowl that's, you know, has ice in there just to kind of help it cool down as well. And if you do that, then yeah. just occasionally go and stir it just to sort of keep mm -hmm. uh, um, it keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it faster. Right. Right. And the, and the reason that you don't want to put that hot stock into your refrigerator is you don't want to drop that fridge temperature down or rise the temperature right, yeah. in the refrigerator so we just in case anybody was wondering what the deal is you don't want to, make to prevent your refrigerator. that bacterial growth absolutely you don't want to make that say, if it goes in uh covered and hot you can end up with a, a really sour broth or sour stock because the microbes will start mm -hmm. doing their thing right it won't uh, it won't cool it down it'll raise the temperature in the fridge and you will you could end up with some real problems. Right. And the other thing to um, just another thing um, to think about is um, what you store it in. And um, I would personally, I would leave it uh, pretty much. I often would leave it just in the stock pot that I made it in kind of um, fish out the stuff. I mean, I might let it sit in there just to infuse a little bit more, depending on how, you know, what kind of flavors I'm trying to get. But um, cool it down. And then if you don't put the hot stock or broth into like a plastic container when it's still hot, I would I would I would opt not to do that. Just that's a personal thing. Um, but if you are using, say, like large mason jars, you would be fine to transfer it while it's still warm into a large mason jar. But I um, I tend to I have those. Um, containers that you get at delis, um, all different, like quart size, um, pint size, and then the little ones. And I just have been sort of saving them and, and reusing those. And so those are really good for storing anything, either in the fridge or in the freezer. But again, I would cool the stock or the broth before I would transfer it to a plastic container. That's, I, I, that's just a personal thing. I try not to use plastic in the microwave anymore as well. But if you've got um, mason jars or, and you can find some lids because they're hard to come by these days. Um, so if you have that, they make, they're, they're great for storing stuff too. I, I was at a store recently and um, I overheard this conversation between these two women and one came up to the other and said, I found some lids, but I can't believe how expensive they were. She was just shocked. She had sticker really? shock on <laughs> yeah, mason jar <laughs> lids for canning. So, but uh, well, a lot of times now too, the best way now. 
to find them is the ones with the rims to replace your, you know, the the lid and also the, you know, that you screw yeah. onto it because it's like just buying the, you know, the lids alone are hard to find, but mm -hmm. it seemed easier to find the ones with the, you know, the tops too. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Which is always good to replace your rusty old ones. So uh -huh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Anybody, anything else to add? I, I just, this one tiny thing is that yeah. last night I was watching a travel show and uh, they said one of the things was that the uh, chicken bouillon cube was invented in Zurich, Switzerland. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. That uh, stuck in my head because I knew we were going to do this podcast. <laughs> well, of that, now I have something else to add. And I think we did talk about it in the article coming out in the, uh, the holiday issue. We are in the test kitchen, kind of don't recommend uh, bouillon cubes. But what we do like is better than bouillon, which is more mm -hmm. of like a concentrated paste. And it is a very good product. And it you can add it and use it as a base for to just create your own stock from that or just add it to the stock that you're making and it enhances it even more. One of the things that I have done and they taught us in culinary school too is that if you bought broth or stock, you can enhance it on your own too. You can take that and then just flavor it up even more if you want. So just an enhanced um, purchase broth is something you can always do too. Another thing you can do instead of thrown into the compost pile, put it into your purchase broth and make an enhanced broth and yeah yeah were you going to say something maddie well i couldn't remember if we mentioned um when you're making stock to use cold water oh okay no good point yes um and just you know when you so when you're getting started you know load up your stock pot with all your goodies and then just cover it with cold water just because hot liquids can cause the bones to release the impurities that then you know gets dissolved into the stock with the fats um, and like the cold kind of allows it to like rise to the top. So then eventually you can skim it off. Yeah, It'll so then warm a little you, more slowly. Exactly. And, you know, another thing too is once that water starts evaporating away, you can always add more cold water to it because you do want right. to keep your vegetables and stuff covered. But then the cold isn't going to disperse those impurities back into it. It'll keep it kind of still rising to the top to be, you know, skimmed off. Thank you. That's a very good point. You want to definitely skim that top and kind of get the impurities and all of that off. Um, there was something else I was thinking of saying to, oh, the fat. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't notice it so much on broth. I, I get it more with, I think, um, uh, with stews, especially if you're using like a, a heavier cut that's a fattier cut of meat. Um, but um, one of the easiest and best ways, I think, to skim um, or to get um, degrease something is I, I do think that if you can let it sit and cool down and then put it in the fridge and rewarm it the next day before you rewarm it, usually your fat is congealed on the top. And so just take the big chunks out. I know it sounds a little gross, but it's it's just a very easy way to do it. And I think that it was in our recent issue too, and I've done this too, where you just take a paper towel across, uh, over the top and kind of dab on the top of your soup or your stock or your stew or whatever to try to get the fat that's risen to the top. Um, a paper towel makes it easy. I mean, you could do a spoon. You could do, my mom used to use a baster. 
which I've used, which is actually a pretty convenient thing because it's kind of um, pinpoints and you just see a whole little area where, and it's usually pretty visible. You can on certain, if you're depending on what you're making, but when she would make meat sauce, tomato sauce uh, with a meat, um, you could usually see the um, liquidy, the glistening fat sitting on the top and just take your baster and uh, sayonara. <laughs> I need a better baster because mine is not a good one. It does not do a very Based? good job. Yeah. <laughs> I think they I, wear out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people have basters anymore. I don't know why. Probably not. <laughs> right. I don't uh, have one anymore, so I don't, and I used to, so yes, I need a new baster as well, Maddie. <laughs> I'm not sure if I have one. <laughs> I used to, but, you know, used tos don't count anymore, so. <laughs> right. It's funny, uh, the things you start to remember, like, well, what do you have at our work kitchens versus our home kitchens? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Don't, just don't use a bulb syringe, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I hope we've given um, everyone listening um, some uh, food for thought, pun intended, and uh, maybe encouraged you to uh, save your scraps and, um, you know, give a homemade stock or broth a try this fall and then turn it into a soup, a stew, a chili, whatever floats your boat, make a sauce. And I think both the fall and the holiday issues, we have plenty of, of um, recipes in there and kind of information about both of these things to make a sauce. And um, I think we had the thickening, the flour, the thickening power in the fall issue, I believe. You're gonna use typically um, some stock in, in making a sauce and things like that. And, or um, yeah, soups and, and stews and chilies. And of course, if you don't want to flip through the magazines or you, the holiday issue is not in your hands yet, go to our website, cuisineathome.com, because we have a lot of soups, a lot of stews, and a lot of chilies. It's, it, this, is our, this is literally our comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cuisine is, uh, we have done a lot of comfort food over the years, and this is, this is kind of our wheelhouse. So, um, we hope you take the journey with us and uh, yeah, let us know if you um, choose to endeavor into the world of soups and um, stews and chilies and um, make your homemade broth. Think about it maybe for the holidays because I think that you will really be pleased. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Until the next time when there's more must love food. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom cuisine at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.